You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I'm excited to have with us today Roger Ramsuk. We're going to talk today about, he's, he's award-winning author of the book, The Fearless Parent, 20 Ways to Inspire Success, Respect, and Gratitude, which I know all of us parents are happy to have more of. Um, and so I'm really excited to talk with him today about parent psychology and personal development. And so I love that intersection. A lot of us who are entrepreneurs and, and have kids and, and um, you know, even, even if you're, you're not an entrepreneur, but just the busy kind of life and you know you're wanting to do more and be more and, and offer more to your kids and everything else, we, we need to look at that concept of the psychology of parenting through the lens of you know, bettering ourselves, which of course is what superpower experts is all about. Um, so I know if you're listening to this show, that is a topic that is of great interest to you. So I anticipate that we're going to have a really amazing conversation today with Roger. So if you'll join me in welcoming him to the show, welcome, Roger. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Tony. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. What? Uh, we're going to jump in and ask, what are your superpowers? Uh, I would say that my superpower is my ability to connect uh, with people, especially with children, and help them uh, through difficult times, either emotionally and or physically, and to connect with uh, that part of themselves that brings them common peace and where their creativity flourishes. And how did you get into all that? How is that a superpower that you kind of figured out for yourself? Well, uh, my background is that I worked with uh, kids and, and adults too, but mostly kids uh, with intellectual and developmental disabilities and challenges. Um, I've worked with kids with autism and autism spectrum disorder and uh, acquired brain injury and um, Down syndrome and, and a whole host of, uh, let's say, disorders uh, that people can be afflicted with. And... Um, it was in working with them, and in some cases in a school system, sometimes at home, that I came to realize that some of the hardest to serve uh, individuals I was able to connect with. And it was really hard for me at first to, um, to reconcile why it was that I was having uh, success working and calming down some of these individuals or helping them through a difficult situation when a lot of people couldn't. And um, when you, you know, when you're good at doing something within an organization, they ask you to teach it. And so I started teaching it uh, to the to the other staff members, and I came to realize that uh, I could teach the principles, but I it didn't necessarily translate in the same degree of success that I had. And so I started thinking, what is it that, that I'm able to do? Or why is it that these people are responding so well to me and not necessarily to somebody who I teach the principles to, I, who I think understood the principles and, and are applying them properly. And I think part of it is um, I approached the individual I approach the child, I approach the person as a person first and then somebody with a challenge uh, of some sort that needs, uh, that needs help with second. And a lot of people maybe cho looked at the person as, oh, this is a person, uh, this is a Downs person or this is an autism person instead of saying this is a person with Down syndrome. This is a person first 
with autism second or autism spectrum disorder second. Um, and I think some of the most fundamental mind shifts that you can create about anything in your life comes down to what are your primary, what we call the sponsor and thought about something. What is the, what is the way you approach something right off the bat? What is the, what is the way you think about something right off the bat? And, you know, as you can probably appreciate with anything in life, whether you're building a business, whether you're raising a child, whether you are um, trying to decipher why this machine doesn't work if you're a mechanic um, or why this person is feeling sick as a doctor, whatever it may be, it first comes down to how are you thinking about it? And if you can get in touch with the way you think about something first and get the mind right, well, then all the other stuff flows very readily from that and so parenting is no different i mean it, it it is what thoughts do you have about yourself and what deficiencies are you carrying in your own self in your own mind your own perceived deficiencies i might add um that are then tra being translated to your child and so when i was working with these uh, individuals and working with the staff i came to realize that i had to do the mind shift work first before i taught technique and that is um, that then got translated into working with people that are creating businesses, entrepreneurs are creating businesses, and entrepreneurs trying to reach their kids and teach their kids success principles. Um, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter where you um, what you're trying to achieve or what you want your child to become or what your child himself if they know if they're young enough. Uh, if, sorry, if they're old enough, if they know what they want to become, it still comes down to what are you teaching them in terms of success principles and how are you parenting them to uh, increase the likelihood that they're going to become a success, however you define that. Uh, for me, I define success as the progressive realization of your worthwhile dream. And so I say progressive because it is you know, the building. Success is a, is a process. It's a journey. It's not the destination. And mm -hmm. it's uh, your, because I, I define success differently from the way you would define success than anybody else would. You know, some people say success is a million dollars. Other people say success is $100,000. And other people will say success is, is $50,000. And other people say success has nothing to do with money. It's about that I raised two great kids or one great kid or a dozen great kids. Uh, other people will say it has nothing to do with kids at all. It depends on what kind of person I'm being as I'm doing all those things. So each person has their own definition of success, but it's your worthwhile journey. Mm. So uh, I know this is kind of a long-winded way of saying that it is out of working with these kids and training staff and then training myself to train staff that I came to realize that uh, there's, uh, there's something here that is worthwhile for other people to learn. And that's, that was my first, uh, that was my first thought about um, I should, I should uh, coach other people and mentor other people to how to do this. And that, that was the start of my journey, really. Very cool, very cool. And how's that journey going for you? I would love to say that, oh, once, uh, once I came to this conclusion, then heaven's gates parted and sunshine rained down on me and then along with the King Gold Coins. And that hasn't been the case. And that is an, it's, an, it's an inauthentic way to, to think about something. And what I would say is that... Um, like everything, there are challenges, and those those challenges are just that, not an obstacle. It's something that you learn from. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to rethink about how you're doing certain things. And um, I've grown um, immeasurably personally and professionally. And um, 
from the business perspective, people are really responding really, really well to, um, to some of the principles that I talk about. And the way that I go about coaching seems to be reaching people at a very uh, deep, a very visceral kind of level because unless you're really in this field, which I know, Tony, you are, and, and a lot of people that we, um, that we speak to, that we have in common, um, kind of are in this field, they ex- they're exposed to these ideas and they think a certain way, but there's so many people out there that are not exposed to this kind of thinking, that are not exposed to this kind of teaching. And nobody speaks to them from a very visceral gut level very often in their life. And usually it comes in a time of crisis, unfortunately, as opposed to that as a normal way of being. And so a lot of people get stuck in having these pleasantries about the weather and about the traffic and about what was on TV. Um, but, you know, when you start asking them, you know, are you happy? Well, that is sometimes I ask a very simple question of are you happy? And that starts an hour-long conversation that you know they have never had that conversation with themselves or with anybody else in probably their whole life. And that's pretty sad. Absolutely. So I really want to look at, we're going to take a quick break, but I, I really want to look at when we get back the, the, the intricacies of, um, you know, looking at that parenting concept, especially as it relates to, you know, growing yourself while you're, while you're trying to help your, your kids grow and mentoring them and, and doing that in the midst of um, all of, you know, the, the expedited kind of busyness that I think some of us can give voice to. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk with Roger about that. You've been listening to the Super Power Up podcast, and today we're talking about parent psychology and personal development. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. We're back. You're listening to the Superpower Up podcast. And today we're talking with Roger Ramsuk and we're talking about parent psychology and personal development. So before the break, we were talking about the, you know, just, just what the the whole personal development kind of concept comes from and a little bit of Roger's history with that. Um, let's move into how can parents really um, do it all? You know, how, how can they set their kids up for success while, while sorting through some of the stuff that you were giving voice to, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of people come out of the employment sector and job sector and, and, and are, are hear that call and know that they're here to, to help others and to do good things and to perhaps do more with it. Um, and sometimes that can feel overwhelming. How, what advice do you offer to clients in that situation? Yeah, uh, very simply, which is actually not quite simple, but to say it is very simple, to say get to know yourself first and do the work on yourself first. And so one of the first things I say when I come across a parent that's having some challenges with their child, whether that's difficult behavior in the classroom or whether that's trying to find out what they want to do with their, with their career, the first thing I say is, um, what, what, are you, what are you modeling? What kind of behaviors do you exhibit and what does your spouse exhibit 
that you would like to see reflected in your child. And if you're seeing some behaviors that you don't like in your child right now, um, are you exhibiting those same behaviors yourself? You know, one of the one of the classic stories I tell from stage when I do some of these um, um, trainings and, and talks is uh, I was called by one of my friends to um, to have a meal, and I joined him at the restaurant. And over the course of about a ninety minute meal, he probably answered his phone about three times and probably answered about four or five texts or, or, uh, or emails while at the dinner table. And as we're eating, he says, you know, Roger, I got to ask your, I got to ask your advice on something. You know, I can't get my child off the phone. He's always on his phone at the dinner table. When we go to relatives houses, he's on his phone, like everywhere he's on his phone. He's in his bedroom till one o'clock in the morning on his phone. <laughs> now, see, I tell the story. I tell the story like this. And when I tell the story like this, everybody is like, Oh, it, you know, it's an obvious but it's amazing how it's really not obvious when it's you who's doing it. And, you know, when you're in your own fog, you can't see the clear, you can't see clearly. Right. And so I, I had to laugh just like you did just now. I said, you know, so let me get this straight. You want me to help coach you and coach your child about how to get off the phone. You know, fascinating, fascinating. Um, and so, you know, when you come home from work at night, how many hours are you behind a screen of some sort, whether it's a TV screen, computer screen, or a phone screen? And what do your kids see? And so what are your kids going to uh, uh, model? And so that's why I say that one of the very first things to do is look at, look at your own selves. And when you can improve yourself and when you start improving yourself and catching the things that you do that are maybe not so savory – that's when you can start making a shift in other people. But until then, it's just lip service. It's just you saying, you know, you should do this. You shouldn't be on the phone. You should go to bed earlier. You should stay up and study um, instead of playing video games and all these things that you say you should do. But then when you look at the, the behavior, what is, it, what, is being, what is being recorded in the subconscious of these kids, right? Or um, Yeah, well, absolutely. Just to jump in on that, one of the things that uh, my husband, Justin, and I really looked at even early on, um, shortly after Neva was born, was a concept that we use her as our barometer. And so just accepting, especially I think when when kids are younger, it's easier as they get a little bit older and their personality shines through. Sometimes it's it's harder to remember, but, but at least in the beginning, it's easy to look at it and say, okay, what what are they exhibiting that's being reflected back to us? Um, and, and if we start with the initial premise, which is if they're off, something's off in the environment. It may not necessarily mean that something's off specifically in you, but something's wrong in the environment. You know, baby doesn't cry for no reason. Like there's something right. going on in, in, in that child's existence that is wanting it to release stress in that manner. That's and right. so if you can kind of start there and train yourself early on, I think, with kids. But for those of you who have kids who are older and that, you know, they're kind of past that phase and now it is personal, personality-driven and all these other um, aspects come into play, the same holds true, though. It holds true with our children. It holds true with our spouses, with the world, with our friends, with our family. You know, if we can look at everybody first as a projection of what's happening internally within us, it starts to create a framework that we can actually work from. And, you know, and I, and I love the reflection, you know, and, and it is hard to see sometimes for ourselves. And so that's when it is helpful to lean on somebody else or to ask for assistance or, or accountability. Like, what, what am I missing here? Yeah. But 
you have to be willing to look at yourself. I mean, that's the whole point of the personal development kind of process is you have to, it's easy to point fingers and make it about other people. Yes. Yeah. One of the, uh, um, I, I love the fact, by the way, that you say that <clears throat> you have to look at uh, yourself and then be willing to ask for help because um, you cannot possibly see what you do every, every in every interaction. You just can't because you are in the middle of it. You're in your own emotion, you're in your own words, you're in your own stimuli. And somebody outside, if you have, it's, a, it's, a, it's probably a, a question of self-esteem more than anything else. You have the self-esteem to ask somebody, you know, how did I do on that? Or did you think I came across harshly? Or, or did you think that was okay? Um, that ability to, or that willingness to ask, you know, am I doing the best thing? Um, because so many times parents have their egos tied up in, I don't need anybody to tell me how to do, raise my child. I know exactly how to raise my child. I know my child, you don't, and I know my child the best, and I want what's best for my child. And parents can get that knee-jerk reaction of getting so defensive when somebody, and I'm not even talking about me as the professional, but I'm saying even somebody that's close and that loves them says, you know, that, was, that came across a little harsh, don't you think? And there could be such a knee-jerk reaction of saying, who are you to tell me? This is my child. I was like, yeah, it's your child, but gosh, it's not like I—I I, I want the best for them too, you know. They're well, and that's so and that's that. Yeah, that's where the fear kind of aspect comes up within all of us, and especially around children and stuff. And I, and I think if we're honest and we take kind of a higher perspective on all of this, we are in the process of reinventing what it means to parent children, what it means to be in relationship, and uh, a lot of these kids came forward this lifetime to challenge that. And I, you know, I know specifically with Neva, like it's undeniable, like it, the, absolutely undeniable that anywhere where there's any sort of restriction on her beingness or the essence of who she is, it's going to get challenged. And as her parents, it's like, wow, you know, we're like the first stop with that. And then the outside world is now starting to experience that from her. But um, we've been experiencing it from utero, you know, and so it's like it, when you when you really marvel at the, them and, and look at them as whole beings who have their own kind of um, purpose and mission here and, and, and a lot of clarity, um, probably more so than we give them credit for, it changes that dialogue, you know, so, so how do you walk someone through that process? Yeah, so one of the first things I look at is... Um, are you in touch with what the child actually wants as opposed to what you do, you want? Can you separate your desires from the child's desires? Um, and the reason why I say that is because, uh, especially when I work with people who are a little bit more successful in their careers, whether it be a professional career of some sort, like a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, or a teacher of some sort, um, they they often want the child to follow in their footsteps. And so, well, we come from a long line of doctors or we come from a family of lawyers. And so you're going to become a lawyer too and join the family practice. And man, that is great if that is what the child wants to do. But if the child doesn't want to do that, there is an inherent set of conflicts there because the child wants to please their parents, loves their parents. The parent obviously loves them, wants what's best for them. So the child learns to... Uh, subjugate their own desires in, in order to please the parent and make the parent happy. Even when the child knows at a very intuitive level, that's not really what I want, but I don't want to disappoint mom and dad. And that creates a, such a, a disconnect, such a conflict 
in the child that creates problems later on. And I mean, I can get into all kinds of stories about um, how this can go wrong. But suffice it for now to say, uh, the first step is to recognize a child for their desires and have a, a deep discussion. I actually have a, a four-step program that I um, that I employed on myself and that I employ with uh, with parents first to have them go through the step, go through the process of uh, getting to get in touch with who they are and what they actually want to do. And when you know how to do that for yourself, then you can start having this this conversation with your child and say. Um, and the first step of the process is just define yourself. What what do you see as the vision of yourself? What is the thing that that makes you happy, right? What is the thing that when you do it, you can lose track of time? What is the thing that um, you saw on TV and you said, wow, I would love to do that? Or, oh my gosh, I met this person and, and they did this and I would love to be able to do that. What is that thing from your childhood? Um, and what is that thing that your child is now seeing that, they want to start doing. That's the first step. And um, defining, do you truly want it? Why do you want it? And if you're the parent, from the parent's perspective, why do you want this thing for your child if you want them to become the lawyer or the doctor? Is it to fill your own internal need? Is it uh, is a status thing that you're trying to project and say, look, we're a family of lawyers or family of doctors or whatever it may be? Um, or is it because um, you think that, well, yeah, if they're going to become a lawyer, then they're going to they're going to be set for life, and and I don't have to worry about them from a financial standpoint. Well, I mean, there's a financial thing there too, but I mean, is that truly what the child wanted? And I know that with my family, there was really only two options for me: you're going to become a doctor, you're going to become a lawyer. There's no other acceptable uh, vocation to have, right? And and I think with a lot of immigrant families, it comes down to some kind of professional career like that. And when um, when it said that when my parents, especially my dad said, you know, you're going to become a lawyer. I, I, I didn't like the whole thought of, uh, I want to fight for a living. You want me to get into conflicts for a living with people. I mean, like I, I, I try my best to avoid conflict and, and not have to have a fight with a person. And now you want me to do this as a vocation and raise my, raise my blood pressure and, 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 and be in, in looking at a certain way of the world where everybody's trying to get something out of you. Um, and I just didn't want to do that. Well, that created all kinds of conflicts with the home that, that continue to this day uh, from one very simple ideal that my parents had for me. But that is not my truth. And so if you can get in, con- if you can get in, in touch with that child, take that first step to say, who are they truly? Are they an A student? Like at the most basic, do they truly have the smarts to get to where they want to be? I mean, let's face it. Not everybody's going to be smart enough to become a doctor. I certainly am not. And I was a pretty smart kid but I'm still not smart enough to become a doctor. And you, at some point as a parent, have to accept that. I mean, I, I mean, in the end, you don't have to do anything. You could raise your child to be in conflict. You could raise your child to feel bad about themselves because they want to do this or do that. But that's not the best way to raise a child, in my opinion. And, you know, a lot of this is my opinion. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much for that. So we've been talking with Roger Remstuk about his book, Fearless Parenting, and kind of how to go about all of this stuff with the psychology of parenting and personal development and how that works in. And Roger, I thank you for you know sharing some of your insights and in, in your journey with all of this. I know a lot of people are sitting where you're sitting, and, and, it, and it takes courage to persevere through that. So I honor you and, and appreciate you coming on the show. Um, where can people go to find out more about you? 
Uh, best way to get in contact with me is uh, visit one of my websites, uh, www.thefearlessparent.com. Make sure you put it in the .com. Or visit me at uh, www.secondauthenticlife.com. That's 2ND, authenticlife.com. And uh, just drop me a line over there, and there's uh, some free resources on my website that uh, can get you started on this process because I get jazzed by talking to people and helping them through um, some of the things that they're challenged and and struggling with. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and talking with us. Thank you so much, Tanya. Tanya, It was uh, uh, truly one of my joys to, uh, to connect with you uh, in person when we first met and uh, to here, here it is a few months later and I'm actually on your show. And that is like, uh, just such the coolest <laughs> thing to me. Oh, well, very cool. Yeah. We met over a big shout out to Steve Wolscher over at new media summit. That's where hey, we Steve. connected. So thank you again for coming on the show and to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. Thank you for listening. And until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.